0: Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of CargoFacts Connect, the podcast series of CargoFacts, the newsletter of record of the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, Senior Editor of cargo Facts, And I'm Jeff Lee, Associate Editor of cargo Facts. This is the weekly wrap for the week of November 13th. Before we begin, I'd like to thank CargoFacts subscribers and our sponsors, AEI, Airborne Global Solutions, C-Cubed Aerospace, IAI, Innovative Solutions and Support, Badaji Industries, Rostrum Leasing, and U.S. Cargo Systems. Remember, if you're not already subscribed, we invite you to start your free trial today at cargofax.com. Looking at this week's news, reassuring reports came out this week that COVID-19 vaccine candidates de- being developed by pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and AstraZeneca are showing promising results in late stage trials and could soon gain regulatory approvals for emergency use. Pfizer's initial distribution plans call for up to 20 daily cargo flights um, from from the company's production facilities uh, located in Belgium and the United States. So that's
1: that's quite exciting news. Meanwhile, uh, COVID-19 cases continue to skyrocket in, in the US and elsewhere. Um, so this vaccine could come at, you know, the perfect time. But that could also coincide with a peak season that is already surging from the e-commerce boom. Online sales are set to break records this year as consumers continue to avoid the balls. And this week, Alibaba and other retailers in China presented their 11.11 singles day shopping holiday and again smashed records. Alibaba reported gross merchandise sales of $74.1 billion nearly doubled the 2019 total. And Alibaba's logistics subsidiary, Tainiao, processed 2.32 billion orders for delivery during the sale. Many of the other developments this week on the equipment side reflect an expectation that much of these e-commerce volume uh, is here to stay. So Charles, what's Tainiao actually doing to handle all these these growing volumes, um, particularly when it comes to to, um, cross-border fossils
0: And yeah, that's a good question. you know with with tinyow uh, and the, the cross-border component, I would really say that momentum has been building for for some time now. Uh, a lot of what uh, tiny o does relates to planning for for Alibaba's peak and uh, it's certainly the 1111 singles day shopping holiday. Um, you know and this year has been special because of, of the, the pandemic. Um, the Cineo announced earlier that they were planning uh, 1,260 flights um, through uh, about the first quarter of, of 2021. So, um, a s- significant increase in the number of charter flights, and just to show the you know the importance of this this holiday and the, and the activity around it, uh, an estimated 700 of those flights, you know, really do. Uh, operate around Singles Day, so this is this is really a, a busy time for them, and and these flights were operated across many different operators, and and connecting, um, you know, the Americas with, uh, with with China, and 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 um, you know, there were flights within China, so it's it's a very uh, extensive operation. Uh, you know, around the same time, we also um, saw the opening of a, a couple new. Uh, Bonded warehouses in in Japan. Uh, so uh, two two warehouses, one in in Tokyo uh, and a second in Osaka, um, that really uh, cater to not only air freight volumes. You know, in the case of the Tokyo uh, facility, it's it's located within close proximity to um, the the city's. Major airports or the region's major airports, I should say, uh, and um, and then certainly, um, you know, there's there's decent connectivity to some of the uh, seaports uh, in the region as well. Uh, I my expectation really is that long term, uh, you know, Alibaba and, and Sanya will um, will focus on on sea freight to the extent that's possible. Um, but we are seeing regular flights between China and Japan, um, you know, to cater to these these growing volumes uh, and, and volumes that that cannot be forward stocked. And another interesting development with with Niao, and this is more long term, doesn't necessarily, you know, change much about its operation uh, today. Uh, but we saw that Air China Cargo, which previously was the cargo uh, affiliate of of Air China, one of the the country's, uh, one of of China's big three carriers, uh, has been uh, reforming according to um, kind of this this government-mandated program. And this week, Air China Cargo received an equity bump With capital contributions from four companies totaling about 732 million U.S. dollars, and one of the investors was Signio. The the new investors, you know, they they haven't concretely defined where where they plan to take the company. Um, They certainly mentioned cross-border e-commerce as a as an appealing opportunity. Uh, And I would just note that with the other two major Chinese operators, uh, China Eastern Airlines and China Southern, as they kind of embarked upon this privatization path or, or, or kick, um, we have seen a few additional freighters added to the fleet. Um, you know, So that, that is a, a sign that, that growth is a possibility uh, for the fleet as well. And Air China's fleet really hasn't changed much since
1: 2015 when they took
0: delivery of their Last triple seven freighter.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we might see some changes uh, pretty soon. But it's not just Air China. I mean, other we're starting to see other combination carriers um, warming up to to the idea of uh, operating freighters again, aren't we? Yeah,
0: that's that's right. Um, you know, in, in varying degrees of uh, of transparency with those those plans, I would say as well. Uh, Air Canada is probably the um, I would say the the closest of the, the major combination carriers that they don't currently operate dedicated freighters, uh, they're the closest to taking the plunge. So uh, Air Canada and its, its affiliate uh, low-cost carrier, uh, Air Canada Rouge, they, you know, until the pandemic operated a sizable fleet of 767-300 ERs, uh, about 30 of them. Uh, and some of those were owned. You know, so they're they're on the books. Um, following the pandemic, uh, Air Canada, you know, motions to retire some of those aircraft, uh, and so conversion is is definitely an option for many of those airframes. Now, whether Air Canada is converting those and uh, operating them uh, within their own fleet, uh, or or selling them to uh, another operator who may have those aircraft converted. You know, that that remained a question. And uh, this week, Air Canada signaled pretty clearly that they would like to convert at least a couple of those 767s. Um, really, the the only holdup is that it has to clear with their, their pilots, um, you know, since that would uh, change the dynamic a bit if they're transporting uh, cargo instead of passengers. Uh, you know, it's interesting to note also that Air Canada has um, has been exploring 767 freighters for some time. So back in 2016, uh, they they did um, launch this this operation with uh, 767s that were ACMI leased from Cargojet, uh, and they operated those freighters on on north south routes um, connecting cities in in Latin America. Um, some of them with intermediate stops in the United States um, and that operation ceased in 2017, there were some pilot pilot issues, but yeah, it's not really surprising to see them uh, take an interest in cargo. It, it's, it has long been a significant part of Air Canada's business. Um, and this year, especially um, Air Canada was an early adopter of uh, of cargo-only flights with their passenger fleet. As you know, Jeff, they, they removed um, a number of seats on their 777s, and they continue to operate those. And according to um, recent revenue projections, they're looking at um, hitting, hitting a target of about $850 million uh, dollars, Canadian dollars um, for cargo revenue in, in 2020. And and with freighters, they're um, they're planning to grow that a bit. Um, but you know, combination carriers aren't 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 alone in uh, in looking at e-commerce. And while we dwell on on the medium wide-body segment, the seven six sevens, which are growing rapidly, we're also seeing a dramatic uptick
1: in narrow-body freighter conversions, aren't we, Jeff? We are, especially uh, the seven three seven eight hundred and. This is which is why we had an, an interesting story this week about Cargo Air in Bulgaria. Um, they actually originally had two firm conversion slots with Boeing for 800 BCFs, and they postponed those last year because of feedstock prices. Um, obviously, the entire market has changed, and so they've recently just acquired their first 737-800, and they were hoping to convert that, but because of the slot availability at Boeing, they've actually turned to AEI for for this uh, for their first eight hundred conversion, which is very interesting. Um, and they do have you know a very good relationship with AEI because all of their 737-300s and four hundreds were converted by AEI. Um, they mentioned that they wouldn't have been able to get a start with Boeing until at least 2022. So obviously that timing didn't work uh, for them. Um, so they'll be talking with Boeing to see what uh, what they can do. Um, but generally with the 800, we've seen we have actually seen all three conversion houses um, increasing their their output capacity um, and if by next year we can have You know, AEI could have up to nine lines converting 800s. Boeing could have up to seven. Um, IAI has already expanded with a second one in Mexico, but that can also increase. So we're we're seeing so many um, lines converting 800s at the moment. Um, And even with that, there's still a uh, substantial backlog. So we'll be seeing uh, many, many more Uh, 800 freighters. Um, But most of these um, have been ordered by lessors. So obviously, a huge chunk of the the Boeing slots are taken up by GCAS, which has, which actually found up more options in August and now has um, 60 firm orders. BAM, Air Road Capital Solutions, BlackRock, GA Telesis, um, Aircraft Finance Germany, um, and potentially a couple more. So, less was lining up to convert their uh, parked 800s. Um, the only exception, or the, the major exception to that is ASL Airlines, which uh, ordered 10 firm conversions last year at the Paris Air Show, And we believe they've uh, actually just started sending these um, for conversion um, with three having gone to China recently. So we will be seeing those uh, coming up probably like early next year. Yeah, definitely
0: um, quite quite a few placements that are, are still undefined. And I, um, I'm quite eager to see where, where some of those aircraft end up after they exit conversion. But it, it's going to be yeah. an exciting period for for the narrow body segment
1: um yeah, so what yeah else is- we also have the the 321 which will uh which we're also expecting to see you know an increase there so that's a good point yeah the narrow body the
0: next generation of, of narrow bodies is certainly starting to uh to take off what else do we have on tap for next week Jeff
1: um a couple of interesting aircraft reactivations and some uh Interesting CMI uh, arrangements, and maybe a uh, a unique seven five seven freighter that we're looking at. A unique seven five seven freighter
0: <laughs> sounds like something that will will totally uh, reshape the, uh, the the conversion market. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. But interesting nonetheless. Uh, that's that's all for today. Um, covered quite a lot to those of you listening thank you for joining us on this episode of cargo Facts connect and for the latest on all things freighters and conversions make sure to visit www.cargofax.com thank you jeff
1: thanks charles